0: the land people are gathering, disturbed people, demented people, gathering to discuss films, disturbed films, demented films. These people know not what they do, they do not think before they speak, but they are bastards, daily grindhouse bastards, giving the opinions no one asked for yet demand to know, this is The Daily Grindhouse Presents No Budget Nightmares.
1: Episode 13, Human
0: Behavior. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Daily Grindhouse Presents No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo, and with me, as always, is the one, the only, the Canadian... Doug Tilly. He's Doug Tilly. Yeah, it's me,
2: Mo. Uh, Thanks so much for that lovely introduction. I am Canadian. I am Doug. I am also known as Sweetback over at DailyGrindHouse.com. And uh, and welcome. Uh, I'm actually really enthusiastic. It feels like it's been a while since we were recording, even though uh, it should be dropping at around the same time. But uh, today we're going to be talking about a a brand new, old, no-budget nightmare, (laughs) Uh, and it's called Human Behavior. Human Behavior. I promised I I might might pull out the Bjork impression before all is set down, but yes.
0: I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna pull out my snore impression before the whole thing is over. <laughs> it's uh, It's an interesting. The the the, mm. the generic title pretty much describes the entire movie. So,
2: it's also partially a spoiler because <laughs> I don't. I haven't really talked to you about this moat because we'd like to leave it for the podcast. Yeah. But uh, I think. This is a movie with a twist, and the twist. uh, And since this movie was originally made, we believe, in about 2001, even though the IMDb page says 2006. um, Around 2001, there were lots of movies coming out with big twists at the end. Oh yeah. Right, there was M. Night Shyamalan's movies, and there were uh, – I remember the movie Identity, which actually this one kind of reminded me of yeah. you know, in, a, in a little – in a sort of way. Uh, but there's a twist in this movie that – and we'll talk about it because who gives a shit? But I want, I
0: want, to, I want to say on record that, you know, that I had the end of this movie pegged within the first ten minutes.
2: Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm right there with you. Sure. I, I didn't know all of the details, obviously, because they were kind of revealed as they go along, but um, there are some... The thing is, when you write a movie and when you're making the movie, uh, the idea is that every single line said has to have some importance in regards to the whole thing. Now, in, in low-budget movies, that's not always the case. In fact, it's often not the case. However, when certain specific things get mentioned, you know that they're going to play into the plot at some point. They're mm. not just random uh, things that are, are just kind of being spouted up, yeah. and in this case, you know that they're going to come back at some point. You're like, oh, okay, I see how that's going to play in. Mm-hmm. Human Behavior, directed by Derek and Shane Cole, the Cole brothers.
0: Hey, but before we get into this, though, I have, uh, you know, you you have your theme song. Well, now I have my theme song. What? Hit it. And my theme song will play here. Will it? <laughs> <laughs> Who are the hosts of No Budget Nightmares? Yeah, sure, there's Doug, but
2: he's
1: got a song. Oh, yeah.
0: They watch flicks we would not see on a day. But Paper Scissors was really wrong. Well, it's Canadian, what do you expect? If you ask this guy if he enjoyed it, I doubt that he'd say yes. Oh no! He doesn't like clicks on Blu-ray or DVD. The, the man's, man's drunk, drunk on VHS. VHS, and his name's Mo. 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 Why name him Mo? And his, his name's—he's names. a bad film hatin' while I skatin' all the while masturbatin'. So that's, that's Mo porn, porn. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good. Well, huh? Mo, that was amazing. Where did that come from? Well, the same place it came from for yours.
2: So you're saying that if anyone listening wants their own theme song, all they have to do is request it.
0: Um, no, no, no. I think if anybody hosting this show wants their own theme song, you know, and and asks for it nicely, um, actually, I have to say that, uh, you no, know,
2: are you firing me? <laughs>
0: Uh, no, no, I have, I have to say that, uh, actually it was, um, Ike from the Mike and Ike show who, uh, you know, he did yours and, and mine, but he actually asked me very nicely if I wanted, if, if you want, if I wanted him to do a theme song for me and I'm like, yeah, sure. That's awesome. So yeah, he's been, he's been, he's been working on it for a couple of weeks and I th- I thought it was a pretty brilliant idea. And, uh, and he I worked
2: ha- on it for a couple of weeks. He worked on mine for an afternoon.
0: Yeah. Well, he worked on mine for a while <laughs> because i much more important. <laughs> Well, I get
2: very intimidated by the fact that both yourself, Mo, and uh, and Ike from Mike and Ike are uh, both very musically talented, and I have no musical talent at all. So uh, the fact that we both have theme songs, it, it, it brings balance to the universe. Ah, yes. Balance. So, so we're talking about human behavior directed by the Cole brothers. Now, I have seen another film.
0: Wait, didn't you Cole. want to talk about that other bit of
2: news first? Hey, just give me a second. Huh? Just give me one moment. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, no, don't be sorry. All right, well, yeah, I have seen another movie by these guys called Up for Rent, which was an anthology film that all takes place around uh, a rented apartment, and it's not very good. But anthology movies in no-budget filmmaking are almost always terrible, so I, I don't hold that strictly against them. I, I believe that this movie, even though, again, on the IMDb it's set as coming out later, it probably was a little earlier. In fact, I did a little creeping on their website, and I believe this might even be their first full-length feature so we'll we'll keep that in mind when we're discussing it
0: and uh that's actually not what i was talking about though i was talking about don't we have an update from another movie we wanted to talk yeah about? i
2: know what you were referring to oh okay. i was just gonna get to it at my own god <laughs> we're
0: gonna stop well, like halfway through this one and get <laughs> to that
2: one or well no. uh, <laughs> yeah this is breaking news it's breaking all over the place it's, um, it's
0: certainly breaking my ass
2: Wow. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, back <laughs> to that, <laughs> we should, let's just let's just slow things down for a moment. Everybody knows that a couple of episodes ago we spoke about the movie Redneck County Fever. Boy and, Howdy! Uh, par, boy Howdy, indeed, and and bogus. And, uh, <laughs> and for anyone who listened to that episode, and if you haven't, stop this episode, and go back and listen to that, and then continue off from right here. Uh, we, uh, we didn't know anything about it, didn't have an IMDB page, had really no reviews on the entire internet. I, I just moved my arms, you can't see it, to <laughs> show the expanse of it. Uh, we couldn't find out any information, but thanks to an intrepid listener, I can't believe I can even say that, we have an intrepid listener, Matt Dunn, uh, on Twitter, who has never even seen Redneck County Fever and has no wish to see it, because I I offered him the opportunity, Um, he tracked down some information, in fact, he tracked down one of the actors in the film, Um, and in fact, he found some really interesting information, we now know, everyone get your notepads ready, that the film, Redneck County Fever, uh, was directed as Mo Guest, and as I sort of tried to keep away from him in case he was wrong, uh, was made back in 1992, and he was directed by a uh, filmmaker named Gary uh, And In fact, I've tried to reach out to Gary because he has a Facebook page, but uh, we're still waiting to hear back on that. But I have been in touch with the actor Lico Reyes, uh, who actually has been in a number of, of legitimate uh, productions, like Problem Child and... <laughs> <laughs> and we've been back and forth a little bit, again, thanks to uh, Matt's uh, greasing the wheels. Uh, and he's, uh, he's been good enough to pass along uh, some of his memories of the making of the film. Um, he, he, <laughs> he is under the impression that it's become sort of a cult item because two people have emailed him about it. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but I would
0: take full credit for it. No, we, um. we want to make, make this motherfucker like a midnight movie. This is not it's, the Rocky Horror it's so, show. Not, it's so not Midnight Movie material. <laughs> it's, it's not the room. Yeah. You're
2: not going to sit there and laugh at the lines, which are barely audible. Mm. Um, but we did learn that uh, some of the footage was ruined during the making of the movie, so they inserted uh, some footage of them just running lines in practice into the movie itself, which explains a lot. A lot. <laughs> um, especially,
0: and, and a, especially the scene in particular they said that they had done that with, and that was the scene with the... Uh, the traveling salesman slash, uh, you know, um, what was, a philanderer, I guess would be the... Yeah,
2: I guess his character's name was Reverend Herman T. Boss, And this was the guy you
0: were actually talking to, right? This this is Lico Reyes in this case.
2: He played that character, for those who remember, near the end of the film, uh, this this traveling salesman, as we described him, shows up and kind of bilks the two main characters out of some money. And and that's who this guy was. And uh, he told me me that um, he... They got most of the actors for the film. Uh, They were students of a guy named Adam Work down in Texas um, who was a Lou Diamond Phillips instructor. Pretty uh, impressive. Mm. Talk about the first hour. I know. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and that there was a female co-director on the movie who we don't know who that was, but hopefully someday hopefully someday we can get Car- Gary Kenimer. Uh, I, I need to, to track him down. Well, we tracked him down, but get him uh, either on here or via email and, uh, and try to get a
0: bit more information. Um, oh, God. It's... Could, could you imagine if somebody actually came on to this show? That's terrifying. It's, I mean, don't get me wrong. the The invite is open to everybody. Like anybody who's involved in any of the movies that we do, I, we would gladly have you on the show. You know, but I'm just saying.
2: Oh, I say this is going to happen. Mm. It's tough because we're we don't mean to be critical about every film that we um, that we speak about. It just happens that most of them are pretty bad. But it's when sad, we tra- but yeah. We we try to give them credit where credit is Exactly.
0: Paid. Yeah, we're we we're, we're always even handed, you know, whenever we're dishing out our, our justice, so to speak
2: we're not we're not angry people nah. for the most part I don't think and I also think that we're not out to get these low budget movies I love low budget movies mm-hmm. I love no budget movies I want them to do well I love the fact that people are going out there and doing them even when I get burnt out on the I, people tell me all the time they're like well you know now that it's so affordable for you to be able to be making these movies uh, every joe Schmo is going to be out there making a 90 minute feature and isn't that going to be so terrible that the market's going to be flooded I'm like fuck no that's no. going to be amazing I want every Single person in the world to make their own movie. Exactly. Because look, it'll be a one percent good movie rate. But I don't care. I'll watch them all. Yeah.
0: And die and <laughs> never get to see even a portion of them. Mm-hmm. Look, we're we're already we're already above the one percent mark. I mean, even if we watch, even if we watch. You know, like ninety-nine movies, or if even if we watch, even if we only do a hundred episodes, you know, we've we've already got two good movies under our belt. So I mean, you Nightmare know. Asylum and uh. <laughs> yeah, night, Nightmare <laughs> Asylum and Barely Legal Lesbian Vampires.
2: Of course, Happy Birthday, Todd Sheets, By the way, <sighs> oh, is it his yeah, birthday? It was, Look at that! Just,
0: just just a couple of days ago was his birthday. Nice. So I mean, so at this point it would be last week, but I, I had it, right. I had it circled on my calendar. <laughs> exactly. I, well, I I forgot to wish him happy birthday. That's that's my own damn fault.
2: Is your own damn fault, Mo? Yeah. But you're not you not tight with him like I am. I'm
0: not. I'm not. You know, I should be because I'm the I'm the one who's actually a fan of his. <laughs>
2: <laughs> In fact, I, when I wished him a happy birthday, I said, "I uh, I forgive you for nothing."
0: <laughs> Dear Mr. Sheets, your movie <laughs> sucks, but I forgive you. Have a happy birthday.
2: Very nice man. Uh, in fact, I think he just posted a picture of himself dressed as Thor on Facebook. So everyone, go check that out. Um, but today, we're not talking about Redneck County uh, Fever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like how I like how even though we've already talked about the entire movie, you al- you already can't remember the full title. It's such a, a blasé sort of boring title. It should be and a- anything, anything else. And you have to admit that within the, with the, with the la- within the last couple of weeks, it's the movie we've talked about the most.
2: It, yeah, and when I wrote up my uh, my written review over at Daily Grindhouse, all it is is a series of confusion. It's really the worst thing I've ever written, but it's very much like why does this exist? Why why did they think that this was a good idea? What is this? Where am I? I mean, it was very much <laughs> a very <Redlock>. confused <laughs> That's <right. laughs>
0: But there's a reference for uh, for the 80s children's out there.
2: <laughs> we're uh, we're not talking about uh, Redneck County Fever. We're not talking about Tot Sheets. Today we're talking about the Cole Brothers film, Human Behavior. Mm-hmm. And uh, you might notice, those who are listening at the moment, that we're sort of avoiding talking about human behavior. Well, yeah, because uh,
0: we just because we just got done saying that we're not mean people and we're not angry people, but this movie made us kind of mean and kind of angry.
2: I don't like you talking in generalities like mm-hmm. that, Mo, because I'm not, I, I, like you said, I'm not an angry person. Mm-hmm. In fact, we've already stated that quite clearly. But this movie doesn't make me necessarily Angry. In fact, I, and and uh, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I don't even think that this is necessarily a
0: mm, bad movie. I wouldn't not, use the term not, bad. It's not technically a bad movie. Right. It's not badly made. I mean, it's I actually a bad movie, but it's not technically a bad movie. That's it's, exactly It's right. well made.
2: Yes. It's very competently made. As we mentioned at the end of the last episode, this movie, Human Behavior, is in black and white. Um,
0: Ooh, why, do you th- why do you think that is, Mo? Um... Because it looks classier? Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. because, I mean, because this movie kind of deals a lot in, uh, it deals a lot in, um, what's the fucking term I'm thinking of? Um, farts. In retrospect. So, I mean, flashbacks, you mean? Huh? Flashbacks? I mean, there's a series of flashbacks. Well, yeah, the movie's told in retrospect. So,
1: yes, that's good.
0: You know, so, <laughs> so, so, I mean, so maybe they, they figure, oh, well, you know, it's because it's being told that from the past you know maybe i don't know
2: well mo mo that was very um uh smoothly said of you <laughs> probably
0: not <Sorry. laughs> Maybe I can edit that up and make it sound like I'm not such a bumbling fool, but probably not. I, I
2: do think that there's an element – if it wasn't just to make it look classy, which is fully possible, it wouldn't be the first time it was done and didn't work, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it is told – it is a police procedural for the most part. It is uh, It deals with an investigation of a murder um, and the fact that it's it's told mostly in retrospect mm-hmm. uh, through a series of flashbacks uh, and that there is some – not really narration, but there is someone kind of being, in, uh, being interviewed and they – Cut back to uh, it might be trying to get sort of a film noir feeling around it, uh, but that is a stretch. I don't really understand. It takes place in modern day, uh, pretty much. Well, modern uh,
0: day to when it was made, yeah, two thousand one-ish.
2: Yeah, which is likely it was two thousand one. Yeah. Um. So, so it, it doesn't. Um. It doesn't feel like. Like it's supposed to be in like the 1950s or something like that. And in fact, despite the fact that it, it features a number of different police officers, I don't believe we ever see a police car or a police uniform uh, in
0: the movie. One. We do see one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there's a, remember the, chari- there's the character at the beginning of the movie who forgets his uniform? Yes. He's wearing a uniform at the end of the movie.
2: That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's, let's talk about let's talk about the movie. How, how this movie is like I said, it's about the investigation of a murder. So how do we start? Mom?
0: Um. Well, we start with a man. Uh huh. How, how a all certain good, man. It's all. It's how all good movies start with a man, and uh, he's doing what all men do, and he's collecting his mail, and he finds a letter from the police. The Silvercrest Police. Silvercrest Police. Now, they don't really explain why, like, I don't get why he needed a letter. Like, they never really explain, like, that if he's, like, not part of that anymore or whatever. I didn't understand that he was a police
2: officer at first. Were we supposed to get that?
0: No. No, I I assumed that he was, like, a witness or a suspect. Exactly. Yeah. And they don't, it, they don't really make sorry. it clear, and it's not until he actually gets to the police station where we finally re- where we finally find out. It's really, like, the first bit of, like, real dialogue where we find out that his name is Officer Rowe.
2: Steve Rowe. Steve Rowe. Uh, as we learned from the closing credits, and he's played by Derek Cole, one of the uh, directors of the film.
0: hmm And he had to – and, like – and, and as, as I learned, because I actually had to, like – I had to rewind that scene a couple of times to actually catch the names. But, yeah, so he's, so he's Rowe. And he's being interviewed by an officer Lang, who is inconsequential to the film essentially and she's, she's terrible too yeah. I mean, she's, she's a really bad act she's the the person who's asking questions the end, and she's not asking them well you know there' <laughs> it's really kind of a an unfortunate acting uh, job being done there. <laughs>
2: Well, what she asks him about is a murder investigation that he was part of in the past.
0: Back in uh, October of '97.
2: October of '97. That's right. So uh, it, uh, the movie itself, a lot of it, because we're going to go back to uh, the, the the elements of that murder and the investigation. So it all takes place back in 1997. Um, the fact that this is the plot kind of contrivance that mm. it's all built around these interviews. It is needlessly confusing. Yeah. Because they also, this character, Steve Rowe, who you think at first is going to be the main character since the opening credits all revolve around him, uh, they, he's not important at all. In mm-hmm. fact, they find ways to sort of shoehorn him into the plot um, in, in a kind of really bizarre ways, as we'll get into. But, uh, but yeah, he's, uh, and he's not very good either, and that certainly doesn't help.
0: Nor is he telling his own story. which right. which, also, which also makes it more confi- confusing, because... You know I mean he he's telling the story of a couple of other officers who worked on this other investigation that he really had nothing to do with.
2: Right, despite the fact that he's being brought in as sort of an expert on that case. Yeah. So let's talk about the murder itself that that was being investigated. Uh, we learned it all kind of cuts together throughout the opening credits. So yeah. There's a woman, and her name is uh, Sherry Harrington.
0: Uh, I, I got it. I got it as Shelley. I, Shelley I know, Harrington. Maybe that's the credit right. said Sherry. I don't know. No, no. I'm but idiot. it seems like everybody was saying Shelley Harrington, and uh, and of course that just reminded me of Susan Harrington from How's Your News, which of course made me laugh every time they mentioned her name.
2: Odd sense of humor, Mo.
0: I'm a weird uh, dude. Especially especially because they're
2: always referring to her in the the, uh, context of her being murdered. Um, It's also important for us to mention that she does not get murdered right away. Uh, She actually does stay alive after this attack that we see at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh, A person who uh, is uh, suggested that she already knows the person uh, knocks her to the floor and stabs her in the head.
0: Yeah, he stabs her in the gut. She, you know... She knocks over a clock, which is apparently a big, a, a big deal, and uh, and then he stabs her a couple of times in the head.
2: Uh, g- generally, that would finish a person off, but I guess not in this case.
0: Yeah, it's it's and it's and it's kind of weird, like what what they use for like justifications too. They're like, uh, they, they actually say. At one point that she can't identify who killed her because she got stabbed in the eye, essentially, like right. that she got stabbed in the temple and like and like the blood pulled up in her other eye and like she couldn't see anything. But she saw the person enough to to let them into her house. Yeah. You know, like she, ridiculous.
2: <laughs> A lot of what we uh, because she
0: because she didn't die right away. She was still alive you know and in the hospital it, t- it took like another day for her to die essentially yeah you know and in that time apparently they talked to her because she said she couldn't identify who who the murderer was yeah, it doesn't which, make any sense which which makes no sense I Ugh. Think, yeah. and it was, a, okay, it was now you know get so a little upset
2: about this movie too.
0: yeah it was the fr- it was the, that was the moment in the film where i'm like you know i'm like you know what fuck this movie
2: Wow, so much anger!
0: Oh, um, it, yeah, this movie angered me.
2: So it transitions into the the police actually arriving on scene and checking out the the scene of the crime, so yeah. to speak. And there's a little bit of red herring work going on here, where you're supposed to suspect certain people. But let's talk about the main characters because they all get introduced in the scene, and there's there's a few of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we've got the main officers who are working on the case. There is the uh, an, they they tend to refer to everybody by their first name in this movie. So we have Trey and Jason, essentially. Right. And, uh, you know, and Trey's sort of this, you know, haggard, you know, like burly sort of cop. And Jason's like a like a twig. Like a, like, he doesn't even look like a cop. It's ridiculous.
2: Right. And we're yeah. told that Trey and Jason have a really close relationship. Yeah, they're like that,
0: partners and whatever. Yeah,
2: or, or at least very good friends. Mm. Uh, and, and you describe them very well. Trey is sort of, you don't really get the impression from this, this opening scene, but he's a little um, off-kilter in that he's a very intense cop. Yeah. Um, and uh, they, there's a reoccurring joke that happens throughout the film that he'll be l- laying in bed and he'll hear something and try to answer the what he thinks is a telephone Phone, but one time he brings the alarm clock to his head, and the other time it's someone knocking on his door. And yeah,
0: I'm actually-, I'm actually glad you mentioned that because yeah, that's, uh, yeah I'm, I'm glad they tried to they, they made the attempt to interject some humor into this, but because it's yeah.
2: a pretty it's it's not a funny movie, it it's not a funny, be-
0: it's not even unintentionally funny. Right, like like it's ac- it's actually there are very few scenes. You know, most of the actors in this are competent enough that you know that that you can take their their role. Seriously, uh, you know, I, would, I mean, and obviously there are some exceptions to that, but. You know, so this this movie is going to be very hard to edit because normally we re- we we make jokes and laugh about specific lines that are being said, and this movie kind of doesn't really have any of those.
2: It's true, and it's not. I mean, again, and I don't even think it's necessarily really badly written in terms of the dialogue. No, it's, it's not. Just, it's just the structure that yeah. is is kind of difficult. So,
0: so, so. needless to say, this is going to be kind of a dry episode. <laughs> well, we'll have
2: to we'll have to make funny sounds just to yeah. make it uh, more interesting.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll, every now and again, I'll just fart into the mic.
2: Please do. Um, so they arrive on scene. They discover the some of the facts of the case. Jason tells them that there's the broken clock, like you mentioned, which tells us that the when the events actually uh, happened, the murder. Did,
0: did you notice when the battery rolled out that there was like that there was a piece of tape on the side of it covering over the Energizer logo? <laughs> well, at least they were, at least they paid attention
2: to that sort of thing. Yeah. I,
0: sometimes you see these low budget movies
2: and people are like drinking Coke and yeah, eating well, Lay's potato chips and all that sort of thing.
0: You, I mean whatever It's it's free advertising i don't know why they would why they would even bother
2: i don't know that's why some movies have generic beer and generic uh chips
0: are you talking about uh are you talking about so it be <laughs> generic beer generic.
2: I, I was talking more about repo man, but yes that oh. is what. <laughs> um so so we do learn that the victim uh Shelley is still alive mm-hmm. um but While they're going over kind of the details of the scene They look out the window and see somebody out there
0: Yeah, who just takes off
2: And he just takes off And they start running after him And that actually does lead to what I thought was a pretty great line Because uh, Trey starts running after him And uh, Jason is kind of trailing behind And when they give up the Trace They give up the chase (laughs) uh, Jason asks, he goes, what did he look like? He goes, I don't know, he wasn't running backwards (laughs) Which I thought was a pretty clever line, actually
1: Well, what did he look like? Well, I don't know he wasn't running backwards.
2: So they block off the whole area. The scene doesn't make a lot of sense to me because of what we discover later on. Yeah, but, um, but I don't know.
0: I know yeah. I don't want to give it away now, but you know, it's it's. But I, but I, but at the same time, I really want to, you know. Right, right. I want to say something, but I at the same time I can't.
2: Well, we also learned that Trey and Jason have a bit of a father figure in the police force. He's a, he's a crime scene doctor, and they call him Doc. Well, of course. Of course. What, what else would you call him? Exactly. And he's been a bit of a father figure to the two of them. He helped uh, raise Trey to some extent, uh, and that certainly isn't going to come into play later, so don't, don't worry about that. Mm. Um, but it's uh, – it, it, they have kind of a very much a communal relationship. Uh, we are introduced to Sophie, the crime photographer.
0: I'm glad you mentioned Sophie because they 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 really desperately shoehorned this character into the movie, like you know just just for to sort of have an emotional impact. Later on in the movie,
2: I I forgot when they tell us this emotional impact moment you're you're speaking of. I forgot, I forgot about, who it was referring yeah, to. I, had to I look like back. I
0: I wanted to go back and I'm like, who the fuck are they talking about? And, and like and the, really the only reason why I really remembered her is because she has my ex wife's name. So I'm like, okay, so. You know, so, so That's the hilarious. only reason I
2: remembered her, too.
0: <laughs> well, that's how most people remember Sophie. So. But her
2: importance in this scene is only because uh, her conversation with uh, Jason allows him to uh, give a bunch of exposition at once regarding yeah. the fact that, uh, that Trey became a police officer because his parents were murdered when he was 15, and a few years ago his girlfriend fell down a flight of stairs and broke her neck. Yeah. Um, and, and this information, again, is never going to be important unless it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and there's all, yeah, there's, all, there's, you know, and 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 it's all this stuff that's like, you know, like it's happening, and it's and there's nothing else going on. Like they introduce they introduce the the quote unquote red herring, you know, character, uh, like in the last scene, um, and, uh, and 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 kind of not. I mean, they only really kind of like vaguely mention him later, and then they keep going on and on and on about all these things in Trey's life, and it's like okay.
2: Again, uh. I don't know what you're going on about, Mo. I don't think that any of this is going to become important. No, speaking, no, none of it. Speaking of Mr. No. Red Hearing, he arrives on the scene. That's Bobby, who's also a police officer. Um, yeah. This is one of those police federations, federations, not <laughs> <that> a <are> wrestling federation. It's <laughs> uh,
0: planetary federation, yeah.
2: It's It's one of those police forces that you see in low-budget movies which have, like, five people in them.
0: You are uh, way, way too obsessed with my uh, with my commemorative plate. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Anyway, <laughs> Mo does have a Star Trek Next Generation I have a Star Trek place. Next
0: Generation commemorative plate. Yes. I'll, po- I'll post a picture on the Facebook page.
2: Please do, Mo. Everyone wants to see it. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> so Bobby arrives on the scene. He's the last one to arrive. Everyone talks about, where is he? How come he's not here yet? And when he arrives, he's not wearing his uniform. Everyone points out about the fact that he doesn't wear a uniform. Bobby,
1: why aren't you in uniform? Uh, well, I
2: spilled soup on my uniform before I came to work I. Didn't feel it'd be right to pull someone over wearing my meal. <laughs> and none of them are wearing uniforms. They're just wearing trench coats and well, regular the, clothes.
0: But I think the difference is that the, everybody else is supposed to be like inspectors and detectives who are all plain clothes anyway.
2: But no one else is, on, is, is at the scene. So what does it matter? Yeah. It's not like there's like people who are being kept out by, by police tape. True, true. I don't know. It just seems like a weird thing to focus on, but it becomes important.
0: Look, look. He spelled soup. He spelled soup on that thing. <laughs> Bobby's
2: actually kind of a fun character compared
0: to everyone else. Bobby's the, the only character in the movie I actually like. Yeah, and of course. No, that's he's... not true. That's not true. There's one other character, and when he when he shows up, I'll mention him.
2: Uh, the thing I love most about Bobby is that uh, he's basically an idiot.
0: He's a dingbat. Yeah.
2: Uh, and I have to watch that word basically again um, But the, the best moment in the whole movie For me And it's too bad it happens this early Is that Trey takes Bobby out to look at the footprints outside mm-hmm. And Bobby goes Hey Trey, I found a corner Hey Trey, I found a quarter
1: ha. Great
0: Bobby let me know if you find any more so I can
2: retire <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was really great uh, so but it's weird, it is very much like a family atmosphere around this yeah. police force now, explain this to me mo please sure. was is Bobby doc's son or uh, because they when they go to doc 's house later, Bobby is in the backyard but I, I don't i don't i didn't really get it
0: i well i mean it's uh, th- this is all shit that really only matters at the end of the movie you know but um but for now we we can't really make that assumption we can't say oh it's it's you know yes he is or or no he isn't all we know is that he's there doc is apparently to either is either his father or has taken him under his wing you know and and they have that sort of you know, relationship going on. Like there's, 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 there at no point in the movie is it ever made uh, made clear whether or not anybody is actually related to anybody else.
2: Right, which I guess is by design, but it just it just becomes it becomes it makes things a little bit odd as it goes through. Yeah. Because they have such a close relationship. Yeah, oh, exactly, exactly. It's like exactly. we're going over to Doc's house tomorrow. It's like Jesus, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you see these folks at work. Um, so they get some fingerprints off the knife that was used to stab Shelley, uh, and the next day they discover that. She Shelly also had some alcohol in her system, so I know, it's a clue, something to follow. So Trey decides that he's going to go from uh, bar to bar, from pub to pub, and uh, try to track down where she was drinking that night.
0: He's very clever.
2: It's pretty clever. He's a cop. He's a smart cop.
0: He's a smart cop. He's a cop on the edge.
2: Yeah, he's, he's on the edge. In fact, he's breaking all the rules. I don't <laughs> he, He's a loose cannon. Um, so
0: Great! <laughs> there, there, there should have been, like, a police chief, like, banging on the table, you know.
2: That's Doc. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Get in here! So he goes to a place called Crawford's Pub, and he talks to a bartender named James Crawford. Uh, and this bartender did see the Shelly that night, and she was with her ex-boyfriend. Ah, yes.
0: Corbin McCain. Yes. Who uh, is who is the other character I was going to say who, who who I liked?
2: Yeah, this guy, he has a filthy mouth, this Corbyn. He's,
0: he's awful. He's, he's one of the worst actors in the movie, but is also the most entertaining to watch. He's enthusiastic. He's, I like that. He's very enthusiastic about his lines, even though he flubs like every single line he has.
2: Speaking of flubbing lines, in this scene where, uh, <laughs> where, where they're, they're, they're talking to the uh, bartender, um, Trey uh, fumbles over a few of his lines, and you can audibly hear it. But they just kept it in the movie, because yeah. why the fuck not? Why not? Yeah.
0: I, fl- I flub over everything I say on here and I keep it.
2: That's true. Because fuck the police.
0: <laughs> and
2: fuck the listeners.
0: Those podcast police.
2: Yeah, that's right. We get notes from them all the time. We just ignore them.
0: That's right. That's
2: right. To F- so what? What?
0: You don't want us to use the Butterface alarm anymore? Fuck you. Uh, now I got to tell you, in, in this particular movie, I we you know I, I have to say I found you know no use for the butterface alarm whatsoever. I thought Trey had a very nice body, but yeah. Oh, yeah. he his face it could,
2: <laughs> uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, my wife my wife got very upset at me for the fact that we do sometimes slip into misogyny on this show, so I'm gonna. Tone back a little on that Butterface Alarm unless I'm using it uh, on men just to, uh, just to even things out a little.
0: <laughs> well, you know what I'll do is, is you know, you just, uh, you just like, tap on your mic a couple of times, and I'll, I'll, I'll add one in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there it is. So, so Corbin is, uh, was her ex-boyfriend, and suddenly he becomes suspect number one because not only were they at the bar that night, they had a very heated discussion.
0: And he's black. He's black. So, and obvi- so obviously he's suspect number one already.
2: <laughs> they they talk about him when, when he's brought up in sort of hushed terms because it's like, hey look, I don't want anyone to find out that I'm talking about Corbin McCain. But <laughs> but when they go to see Corbin, he lives in this kind of modest apartment uh with his friend who sleeps on the couch all Lucas. the time. Sorry? Lucas. Lucas, Lucas with the lid off, sleeping <laughs> on the couch. Um, but and Lucas is is his alibi in this case because Lucas was with him the night that uh, Shelley was killed. Mm-hmm. But Lucas is also drunk as fuck.
0: Yeah, so he's not very credible.
1: What? What? I was home and I was hanging out with my friend Lucas drinking some beers. Okay.
0: Wake <laughs> your fucking, <laughs> your fucking ass
1: up and explain this guy. What's this all about? What,
0: what were you told? doing that night? Okay. I was here. Officer. Right. But, but he is an alibi. But Corbin lets it lets it slip that uh that our good friend Bobby followed Shelly home that night.
2: Yeah, that's right. Damn it Bobby, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> but yeah, actually Corbin the one of the first things he says when he's asked about Shelly, he goes,
0: Did anybody join you for a couple of beers?
1: You know what? Yeah, I hung up with that bitch the other night. But afterwards, she she
2: went
0: home. <laughs> 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 I like how his I like how his tone changes. Like he opens the door, he's, he's all pissed off. He's like, "Yeah, that bitch fucker about." So like, well, she's dead. <laughs> oh my god, what happened? <laughs> I have
2: seen not have line order episodes to know that that's exactly how it happens in real uh-huh. life. Um, so they talk about. Um, Trey talks about how he needs to talk to Doc because Doc might be able to help him out. I don't really get why Doc is, like, the key to all of this. Uh, he doesn't seem to have ever contribute anything of particular use.
0: Well, it's, it's another one of those situations where it all makes sense in the end. Yeah, but for exactly. now, you're left questioning why anybody would give a shit. Like, Doc, Doc is never introduced as, like, this amazing, like, forensic, you know, whatever, like, master. Like, he's no you know like he he's 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 nothing to the police force really he's just sort of there yeah you know he's, I, I like it seems like he's like like i guess he's like may, maybe they use him as like a profiler or something cuz i think he's supposed to be like a psychologist or a psychiatrist or something but you know but ultimately though it's never really explained like, why he would be the man everybody needs to talk to about everything.
2: Listeners, have you figured out the ending yet? Have you worked it out? Because it's probably coming together in your brain already.
0: Yeah. And keep in mind, we're about, I mean, at this point, we're we're about 15 minutes into the movie. So. Yeah,
2: that's true, but the movie is only 72 minutes long, so Thank it's, not, it's not that long. Uh, from this point on, the movie kind of shifts into uh, more of a horror movie-ish type gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's, a, there's going to be more murders, and they're filmed in a way way that you you can't see who the murderer actually is, Uh, we start to realize that what's going on here is that it actually is going to be a mystery. Uh, The first person to uh, bite it is the bartender.
0: Bum, bum, bum.
2: Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. So the bartender gets killed. Uh, We don't see the killer. He's backlit with uh, some uh, headlights.
0: It's actually kind of a cool shot.
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like
0: he, he walks out in front of the headlights and like... You know, and the only the only problem I had with that is was that he was so close to the headlights that, like, when he swung, which I guess was supposed to be a bat, like, he swings it off to his side to kind of show it. Like, you can't really tell what it is.
2: Yeah, that's true. You know,
0: if he had been maybe, like, five feet farther up, you know, it still would have had a really good silhouette, and you would have been able to see the bat. But okay. I'm not going to knock him for it. It was still a pretty good shot.
2: Yeah, and I, it's, I will say that there are a few nice shots in the movie. I really liked how they kept, uh, whenever they referred to the murder at the beginning, they would show these kind of quick clips of yeah, scene, you know, yeah. and one of them was a, like, a piece of tissue paper with blood soaking through, mm-hmm. and I thought that was really nice. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I know the theories are just little things, but we're good people who are going to compliment it when it's due.
0: Yeah, and I actually, like, whenever they mention like, uh, Trey's parents, and they show them. The hand falling yeah. out, falling out of the bed, like, covered in blood. Like I, I, thought, I loved that shot too. Um, but yeah, all the little quick cuts that they would do, uh, whenever somebody would mention murder, w- were all really well done.
2: Yeah, So we find out that the next morning, uh, Jason ends up calling Trey, who uh, then discovers that, that two pieces of horrible news, which is that the bartender was killed and that Shelly ended up dying in her sleep. The fact that she died in her sleep means that there was no real reason to ever keep her alive from the scene. Yeah, I, I, it, it, it just was kind of a weird thing. Um, actually, yeah, anyway, we'll go back to it. <laughs> uh, so now we have... One of my other favorite scenes in the movie, which is that uh, they got the result, results back, or theoretically would have the results back from the fingerprints from the weapon. Mm. And Jason is at the police office. and um, Office? He, it's an office. There are cubicles and whatnot. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure it's a legitimate police office.
0: I think they call um, it a station. Yeah. Yeah.
2: They're officers. Are they? <laughs> <because>? <laughs> It was right. filmed it was filmed in a fucking office. No, it
0: was definitely filmed in an office, yeah.
2: <laughs> so, uh someone sneaks into the office and uh and turns off his search and deletes all the fingerprints. I guess in a police uh office. <laughs> that that they only have one copy of this entire uh fingerprint database yeah, I, because Yeah, come on.
0: <laughs> like like uh, this this uh, and this was this was the second point that really pissed me off with this movie is that, is that, uh, what? Really? I mean, it's that easy to delete an entire, like an entire, um, database of fingerprints this ends up being a huge deal a huge because, deal because it fucks up the entire
2: case yeah but and then, you and think the, it would be an even bigger deal because it would also fuck up any number of other cases yeah yeah he exactly. deleted the entire fingerprint database we also learned that jason he, he can't just start the scan again because he has the import he has to import every single fingerprint back, back into yeah. the database
0: Jesus Christ. And which apparently they're all in his briefcase, which he left at home.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, this does lead to my, one of my favorite moments, which is when he comes out having noticed that someone has <laughs> fucked with his PC. <laughs> and starts, starts yelling, yelling, yelling at the top of his lungs, who fucked with my computer? God damn it, did anyone fuck with my computer? And like did anyone fuck and with my PC?
0: And it's so great, the reaction shots that they got like to the, to from the people like when he's yelling cuz they all they all like they like they just kind of like startle and look up real quick and then it's just like just go back to their work it's it, like they just completely ignore him like here's a guy freaking out because somebody just destroyed a ton of evidence and you'd think every cop would want to uh get on that and 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 help investigate what happened no Nobody lifts a finger. Nobody gives a shit.
2: I also love the idea that theoretically the way that you scan a fingerprint database is that you input it in and then you start a search and it just goes on for days on this computer until yeah. it matches to something. Yeah, yeah. 2001, everybody. That's exactly how it worked probably.
0: Look, if you ever watched an episode of Law & Order, you know that's exactly how it works. That's true. Dun-dun.
2: Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> <do>, <laughs> no, let's just keep doing that. Let's forget this
0: movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, will do the uh, I'll do the the Trial by Fire music or what is it the the what is it the Trial Law and Order Trial it was it, you, you know what I'm talking about
2: Yeah do you mean the, the Trial by Jury I think?
0: Trial by the, Jury the, thank was you Was that what
2: yeah. it was I can't remember Yeah yeah Trial I'm by all jury. about the Special Victims Unit
0: It last it lasted like half a season but it had the greatest music that they imported over it's now the music for uh, Criminal Intent it's it's the crazy one that goes dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Bum, bum, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, back to this movie. <laughs>
0: yeah. Do we have to?
2: Yeah, Trey goes to Doc's house, and this. <laughs> I, like, yeah. I know I just mentioned that that uh, Jason yelling like a fucking ridiculous person uh, was one of my favorite moments, but the best moment in this movie is just about to happen. So I'm I really got to pump myself up for it. So Trey goes to Doc's house because he um, – uh, we didn't really mention this, but they suspect – that Bobby might be involved with the murder. Why do they suspect that?
0: Well, for several reasons, because yes. he shows up without his, without his uniform on. Uh-huh. He was also the first on the scene. That's right. Um, he was also, you know, and there's also the, the, the bit about him following Shelley home.
2: We, 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 were, we didn't mention it before, but, yeah, we, we discovered from Corbin McCain, the boyfriend, the ex-boyfriend, that uh, Bobby, the kind of doofus cop, followed her home that night, yep. and he didn't mention it. And this makes Trey very upset. That's right. How upset does it make him, Mo?
0: What? How,
2: how upset does it make Trey? Very, very. He goes <laughs> fucking apeshit because he runs into Doc's backyard. Doc's oh, that's backyard. right, that's right.
0: He like pins down Bobby and like puts a fucking gun to the. He puts of his a ass. gun
2: to his head. He's at, Bobby's out in the backyard chopping wood, so <laughs> Trey comes out and points a gun at his head and starts screaming at him to confess. <laughs>
1: Don't be upset about this, but I'm wondering why you didn't tell me to and home at least. Yeah, I fucking you. you didn't tell me, so how the fuck would I know, Bobby, huh? You know this makes you a suspect? You didn't tell me. Why? Why do you listen yet? me? Goddamn. Trick. Trick. Oh. What the hell are you doing? He's your friend. And now he's a suspect. So Bobby, did you do it? Trey, no. Trey, please. I'm only asking you once. Please, Trey, let him go.
2: The, the 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 transition between Trey being a fairly reasonable police officer and then going crazy and now uh threatening Bobby, a, a coworker of his mm-hmm. with a gun. By the way, he has not up to this point just Pulled Bobby aside and asked him. What yeah, the exactly. Is going this is on.
0: this is the first time he's contacted Bobby about this. Now you'd think if he was a competent cop that he would have that this would have been the first thing he would have done. Right. But he's but he's actually gone and asked everybody's opinion of what he should do about this first before. So now so now we have an entire you know police department that knows that Trey knows that Bobby was the first on the scene and that he suspects him in this. You know, but he hasn't actually contacted Bobby about it. So right. the first, so his first, the first thing he does is tackle him to the ground and put a gun to his head.
2: And what we discover in the scene is that there's a really actual, a very reasonable explanation for what happened, which is that Bobby had called in the fact that he was trailing Shelly that night, but because uh, Trey wasn't working that night, he was just ca- he was called in while he was off duty. He didn't hear the fact that they called in this thing, so he just yeah. never got the information.
0: So it's really just Trey's fucking stupid.
2: Trey is crazy.
0: Yeah, he is uh, cer- yeah he's crazy. That's, and, that, and that doesn't mean anything, wink, wink. Doesn't
2: mean. doesn't. Th- look, his parents died when he was 15, mysteriously. Mm-hmm. His wink. girlfriend died a few years back, mm-hmm. mysteriously. Wink. Wink, wink. Uh, and, and certainly the fact that he kind of flies off the handle suddenly, uh, it, that's unimportant. Don't pay attention
0: to it. Exactly, wink.
2: Uh, speaking <laughs> of completely useless... <laughs> The next scene is the most completely useless scene in the movie to the point where I know it irritated you a lot, Mo. Uh, yes. So you might uh, ask yourself, if you're paying attention, which you shouldn't be, but if you were, that the, the gentleman who's being interviewed at the beginning of the movie, we haven't been talking about him. That's because, except for him poking his head up in the scene where Jason is flying off his, the handle with the, the fingerprints, he hasn't been in the movie at yeah. all.
0: Yeah, in fact, in fact, um,. You know, until and, and no, the, the only time he's really even mentioned is within the course of the story of the movie itself is once the bartender is killed because that's his case. Right. The bartender. The bartender's case is Officer Lowe's. But but this story isn't about the bartender case. It's about the, Sh- the Shelley case. So they've they've been worked. They've been talking about that one pretty much nonstop. So what happens now? is Officer Lowe decides he's going to stop by Jason's house to kind of, like, get their stories straight, so to speak, or to kind of make sure they're, they're, they're both in the same mindset of where their cases are, because I think they both sort of have a feeling that the cases are connected. Right. So, so but what we haven't mentioned is that by this point in the movie... The plot or the story of the movie has been retold about three times.
2: Yeah, people, every time they get together, one character explains what's going on up to that point yeah. in detail. And I should correct you, Mo, that, that the uh, the actor, uh, the character, sorry, the police officer, is Roe. Oh, Roe? I don't care. Low, well, Ro, I just want to, look, we give the movie its due.
0: No. It's Roe. All, right, all right, you're <laughs> all right. right. Fuck this movie. Ro. Let's all go Law right. and order. Dun, dun. Right. <laughs> but, um... Okay, so Officer Rowe. Uh-ho. Uh huh. <laughs> but um, so so so, but the thing is, is that this, so now this is the fourth time that somebody's going down all the details of of these cases. But in this, but in this particular case, uh, this particular one was was so annoying and so upsetting because they go into such detail and it takes so long
2: this is a really really irritating scene because yeah. like you said they repeat the the details of exactly what has been going on up to that point point. and really we're, the movie's only 72 minutes and we're, we're only 40 minutes, we're, we're, 40 minutes
0: in. we're 40 minutes in at this point
2: right so we we know what's going on but they they go over it and another thing that i disliked about this scene is what's that
0: jason's pleated pants
2: his pleated pants—it it gave me unnatural rage. Yeah. Um, but also the fact that these—the interchange here, the, the 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 back and forth between uh, Jason and Officer Rowe—it uh, felt a lot more improvised than the rest of it. Like they didn't have to learn their lines, and because of that, it feels a lot sloppier than the other scenes. Yeah. And if I had to guess—and this is just just a guess—this is a padding scene. To, uh, to get a little bit more screen time because if the movie is only 72 minutes long, they needed to stretch it out a little bit. And it also wanted to to incorporate uh, Officer Rowe's character since he was going to be part of this kind of surrounding story. To, I'm to incorporating him.
0: his Schaefer into my belly. <laughs> uh,
2: there's also a part of me, and maybe, I, you know, there's a part of me that thinks that the whole surrounding story about the interview and things like that, that that was all added later. As a way to stretch out the runtime, it would make sense because those parts are all intercuts, like like the character kind of poking his head up from his cubicle, yeah. and uh, and those other scenes are almost entirely disconnected. And they and, do star the director.
0: Yeah, and they're useless.
2: And they're useless, right? So it 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 is really kind of obvious padding, and it feels really you're already a little bit irritated at this point. Yeah, well, me,
0: I was really... I was more than a little irritated by this point. Yeah, I had to take a break after this because I was just like. I can't, I can't do it.
2: Yeah. So we learn about the whole plot up to this point again. Uh, but later that night, Jason, who – I like Jason. Jason seems like he knew what was going on. He was really upset about his, uh, his his fingerprint database getting deleted. But Jason ends up getting attacked. Drink it. Drink it, Mo. Yeah, sorry Chug. about that. <laughs> his, um, atta- his attacker in this case is wearing a mask, and he hits him with one of those big, long uh, flashlights. Um, and uh, I actually, this is edited Oh, you mean really like well.
0: a cop flashlight?
2: Like just like that.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, during this, this scene is actually edited pretty well. Uh, Jason ends up pulling off the the attacker's mask, but he ends up getting knocked out before. Mm. Uh, before we're getting into the climax of the movie now, uh, it, it kind of pulls up <laughs> really fast. Yeah, um, yeah. But we'll see. Well, I'll I'll get into why this is kind of confusing in a, in a moment. So uh, speaking of more kind of padding uh corbin the ex-boyfriend comes to visit trey um and he comes to his actual apartment i don't know how he found out where he lived that would be kind of distressing if i was a police officer well and
0: it was pretty distressing to him too because somebody who up until the night before was a was a suspect in the crime that he's investigating knocks on his door
2: but this corbin he's a he's a he's a main man in whatever area of the world (laughs) this is taking place
0: in yeah
2: their conversation uh, involves the word "fuck." Uh, S-
0: South Central Decatur.
2: Yeah, <laughs> they they say uh, "fuck" uh, about thirty times in about in this one seconds. scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's there's a lot of fucks going back and forth.
0: I was glad uh, my kids were gone by the time the scene came up because man, this would have been a bad one.
2: Kids, you can't shelter kids.
0: Well, I don't usually, but I mean, at the same time, I don't want them hearing you know "fuck", fuck and "ass" and fuck. whatever thirty times in the course of like three minutes.
1: Hello?
2: Don't fucking move! Don't fucking move! I fuck, get this fucking gun off of my head? Don't fucking move. What the fuck are you doing here? What the fuck is your problem man look i'm sorry okay well i hopefully your children never get to listen to this podcast hopefully no one ever gets to listen to it
0: <laughs> yeah well no their, their mother won't let them listen to me
2: i, I say that with the idea that oh no, you're gonna have to pour a bunch of time into editing this at some point. <laughs> i hope no one ever listens
0: to it oh. especially people in algeria oh my god <laughs> I want to talk about that for a real quick. Second. Okay, let's take, talk about it. for just, a just second. Just we'll take a short break from the movie and talk about this. Now, today I check our stats on Podomatic, which is where we host host the the, the, the show. Oh, ahead a and, stroke. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and um, and we, you know, we get daily updated s- statistics. You know, and we're in the category of of film slash TV and uh, and we're we're today we are uh, you know as of recording we're we're at number 29 right now and it's pretty much thanks to algeria because in the last week algeria has recorded like people in algeria have downloaded our shows like 194 times you know, Did I ever I, I, tell you,
2: Mo, that I love Algeria? It's I, actually my favorite place on the planet. It's
0: it's certainly my favorite place now.
2: It's, it's where I'm going to retire to is Algeria. <laughs> I,
0: I want to live right on the border of, of Morocco and Algeria, but clearly on the Algerian side.
2: Uh, no shit, Mo. Yeah. <laughs> You know. let's, let's not be ridiculous, okay? Yeah,
0: we don't want to. I don't want to. You know, I, I, I want to be. You know, it's like it's like the big city. I want to be close to Morocco, but not actually in it.
2: No, I understand 100. percent Anyway, Mo, before we get back to the movie, I'd just like for you to sing a little bit of the Algerian anthem, so we can all enjoy that uh, before we just just a little celebration. Yeah, okay, just start. All right.
0: So, and a one, and a two, and a three.
2: Algeria is the best place on earth. I thought that
0: was the Kazakhstan national level.
2: What's the difference? I don't know.
0: Mm.
2: I mean, I love Algeria.
0: About 4,000 miles.
2: Yes, that's right. <laughs> so a
0: couple of uh, wars.
2: <laughs> declare independence. Don't let them do that to you.
0: <laughs> All right, let's get back to the
2: movie. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, where are we in the movie? Oh, Corbin. Corbin comes to visit Trey at his house. He's very disturbed by it. They say fuck a lot. Uh, but Corbin is very disturbed because his friend Lucas, who didn't seem to be very important to the movie.
0: it wasn't. He's not important at all.
2: No. I, I thought when they introduced him, he was supposed to be like Brad Pitt in True Romance, where he's just kind of like this <laughs> funny stoner dude who just happens to be in the background. But he's not. He's not funny or interesting. But nope. he has gone missing. Yep. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> he, he's he okay. Though I with wish him? I could get enthused about this, but it's like who fucking cares? All
2: right, let's get to the plot points kind of quickly. Yeah, Corbin- so, it's
0: like, so yeah, so he, so so Corbin tells Trey that that uh, that Lucas is, is in like a hotel room somewhere. I
2: don't know why Lucas had a hotel room. By the way, it yeah, because live, he, so it doesn't make any sense because it
0: seemed to be like he was living with Corbin. So why mm-hmm. does he need a fucking hotel room? But anyway, so. Trey goes to check out the hotel room, and he's snooping around, and he finds an envelope with plane tickets in it. Which Unimportant, I, uh, complete, Which yeah, which turns out to be a, a, like a, another attempt at a red herring, I guess. And uh, and at the same time, we see in a mirror that you know, co- very cleverly placed, you know, this this mirror, and uh, and a figure pops up from behind a, a countertop, and uh, Trey sees him and 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 gives chase, so yes. to speak.
2: He chases him out onto the street.
0: Yeah. Where and he finds
2: Corbin? Corbin's on the phone. Yeah, uh, Corbin, uh, who uh, since the, the 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 breakdown here is that Corbin went to Trey's house. Trey went to the uh, hotel room, and now Corbin is outside on the street. Trey is very suspicious about what's going on. He's of very uh, he, he's questioning what's happening. But Corbin, he Corbin has nothing to do with what's going on. He just bought a pack of cigarettes. I love
0: how I, I love how every time you know, like every time that that that. Uh, that suspicion gets thrown towards Corbin, like he has an um, like an immediate alibi. His alibi was really great too. Yeah. Which is Yo, man, I My receipt. It's from five minutes ago. Man, I just bought a pack of cigarettes five minutes ago. I got the receipt. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> You're free to go.
2: Sure. Well, all this is just getting a little bit too confusing. So it's time for Trey to go see really the person he trusts most on the entire planet, his friend Doc. Doc. Doc.
0: Doc.
2: Well, Doc, uh, things are a little bit strange when he goes over to Doc's place. Very strange, because um, well, I should mention that Trey did discover what happened to, to Jason—that Jason was attacked.
0: Yeah, because uh, what had happened was, that, like, he didn't actually go to Doc's; he went to Doc's summer summer home. home that's right. Which is, of course, in the same fucking town as—I mean, I thought the whole point of like a summer home was, like, to go someplace nicer, right? You know? But I guess, I guess, you know, I guess. Decatur is nice all year round, so they have so they have two homes there. Um, I don't know why I keep saying Decatur; it's just a funny, you know. Maybe they're in Walla Walla, but anyway, so they're they're in uh, so the, whatever it is, but it's in, it's in the same fucking town, or at least they say it's in very close. So he runs up there, and yeah, you're right. He discovers what happens to Jason because he finds him dead.
2: Right, Jason's there, dead. Dead. Now, it, it, I don't understand why when Jason was attacked, they didn't just. My understanding is at the end of that scene, he was still alive, right? Because nothing really happened to him that would have killed him.
0: Yeah, he just got hit.
2: So now he's dead. We I don't know how he died.
0: Yeah, neither do I.
2: So Jason's dead. His body is out on the... And, and this... Maybe he
0: died from exposure. Maybe it was cold.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> so
2: I, be- I believe this was filmed in, in California, so it probably wasn't too cold. Ah, uh-huh. uh, I know. Look at me doing research. <laughs> so they find... Did you Jason... look that up just now? Yeah, just now. I, was... <laughs> I, I, have, I have the biography up right now. Anyway. Um... So, Jason's dead. Uh, Trey is very upset about this, and he goes to see Doc in his summer home, and he looks in through the window, and he sees Doc, but not just Doc. He sees somebody in there with an axe. Yeah. And just as he's about to go in, and there's going to be a great scene of action and something interesting happening, uh, he gets knocked unconscious.
0: <sighs>
2: and he gets tied to a chair.
0: Yeah, because everybody like everybody, magically disappears.
2: He gets tied to a chair very loosely. Yeah. Very, very loosely. Not important that he gets tied to the chair so loosely. No, no,
0: no. There's nothing important about that at all. Winks.
2: So now we get revealed to us the uh, the twist of the plot. Uh, and if you haven't already figured it out, let's just take a break. Let's just count down from ten. And You try
0: <laughs> give, to work and out. Give what's people, yeah, going give people on here. a chance to work this out. Well, we'll do we'll do a little countdown here. Here, I'll, I'll do the countdown. I'm I'm very good at counting backwards. All right, so we have ten, and then comes nine, eight, seven. Six, five, four, and then I believe comes three, then we have a two and a one.
2: Okay, stop. I think I figured <laughs> it out. It, 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 Trey, Trey's the guy who's been doing the killing. <laughs> what? Yeah, in fact, Doc, who uh, is his trusted friend and advisor, he, he, he has helped raise him, but he was doing it as a weird. Uh, experiment because, because Trey is a psychotic who is committed to an institution for the criminally insane when his parents got killed by him when he was 15.
0: What a sick bastard. He's sick. I molded you into whatever I wanted. Yes.
2: That's what Doc says. The Doc does say that uh, and and uh Doc, who up to this point has seemed fairly sane now every word he says is not sane anymore,
0: completely bonkers.
2: He talks about how he's going to be a new Dr. Frankenstein and that he's going to mold people yeah i mean it's yeah.
0: I, his his Although it'd be funny, it's funny that he says that he says Frankenstein when, when, when in actuality, when you think about it, like it's actually much more of a Jekyll and Hyde story.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know? And and I didn't really understand his motivation although at first, entirely. although at first,
0: at the beginning of the movie, when I when I started questioning, you know, like what what was happening, my first thought was like, I wonder if this is sort of like a Fight Club th- sort of thing. Sure. You know, that was my first thought, and then at the end, when the doc sort of made the reveal that it was all him, because that was really the only thing I hadn't quite. Put together, I mean, I knew the doc had something to do with it, and I just, you know, but but anyway, when when they made the reveal, I'm like, oh, okay, so it's really more of a Jekyll and Hyde.
2: Uh, I mean, there's a Fight Club element to it. Uh, yeah, and certainly. Um,
0: I am Jack's utter disinterest.
2: Yes. Uh, so, oh, by the way, Lucas, uh, the the drunken roommate uh, of Corbin, he was killed because he saw Trey on the street with, with files the files yeah. that he stole from Jason after uh, after he beat him unconscious, um, or killed him, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Uh but you know the, the doc has a few good lines here. He says that you're a bedtime story that will scare people for years. <laughs> and while while he's kind of explaining himself and uh, and Trey who's very upset at all this news, of course. um he uh he he loosens his own arms because he's been tied with basically silly string. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's really loosely tied. So he loosens his arms and starts to choke the doctor. He escapes really, really easily. And Trey also, by the way, he's very curious about what happened to Bobby, and, uh, and that's not important either, so just put that out of your mind.
0: Yeah, and they don't really, I mean, yeah.
2: I will say... (laughs) <laughs> that uh, Trey's response to all of this, which is that he first attacks the doc.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, he, both, they both get wounded and wind up on the floor.
2: They do both get wounded. There's a knife involved. Uh, Trey ends up stabbing the doctor in the stomach. and hmm. the doctor is I wonder on, where he
0: learned that one before.
2: <laughs> the the doctor's laying on the kitchen floor, and Trey puts his own head immediately to, next to, to the doctor's and puts a gun against his head to kill both of them at the same time, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it would have been I mean, yeah, it would have been a kind good of movie, yeah. would have been kind of kind of cooler if they had shown it.
2: Yeah, they show it's off-screen, but it, it is ah.
0: off-screen. I mean, it's it's clever. It's actually kind of clever the way they show it because what they do is because the whole time there was a camcorder set up recording this whole thing. Right. And uh, and so what they do is they kind of do a close-up in on the, the viewfinder screen of the camcorder and you see the the docs like legs shutter, you know, um, you know, when when the shot's fired, but it's Uh, so, so it's kind of a, a, an artfully done death scene, but I I actually would have been much more interested if they had shot it, uh, as a close up.
2: Yeah. Well, I, uh, yeah, you just want to see brains go all over kitchen cabinets. I wanted
0: a payoff for the fucking 60 minutes I just had to put into this fucking movie.
2: We, uh, we go from this back to the interview that may or may not have been part of the script from Mm. the beginning, uh, to discover a little bit of, um kind of, of cleaning up of everything. We learned, by the way, that Sophie, the uh, photographer that we met for a minute at the beginning of the movie, she committed suicide because of all of what happened.
0: Yeah, because clearly she was so invested in the whole thing.
2: Uh-huh. She was such an important character that she committed suicide. Um,
0: this and we also kind of learned that we haven't, that nobody's really heard from Bobby since then.
2: Yeah, Officer Rowe. He, uh, he said he showed him his support, but he really hasn't talked to him since then because he basically lost every important person that he knew. Probably would have went into psychological counseling at that point if it was not a movie.
0: Yeah. Um, but it is a movie. So, so, he just, he, so he just stopped talking to everybody.
2: You have to explain one thing to me, Mo. I'll and I, It seems like every podcast I have you explain the plot to me because <laughs> uh, I don't really get it. Yeah. But we uh, the interview ends. Uh, I don't really understand why Officer Roe was so important to this since he wasn't really w- – even though he sometimes seems to flash to moments from the movie, he wasn't witness to any of them. So no, nothing. Uh, so he co- it shows him go home, and then he starts having flashbacks to things he didn't witness, yep. and, and then he vomits. But what's, wh- why, why is he so unnerved by the whole thing? He, he doesn't know anything.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't even begin to tell you that. I mean, normally I do a pretty decent job of trying to explain to you what's going on. In this particular case, I can't because I, there's no point to it whatsoever.
2: I think this is, by the way, this is more support for my theory that his his entire role didn't exist in the original version of this movie.
0: Probably true. I mean, because it is, it, it is a, a, an excellent amount of padding when you think about it. I mean, I, I, it, it does kind of make you wonder if maybe this film was intended to be a short film at first and they just padded the whole thing out.
2: Young Filmmakers, huh. let me talk to you, just me, one-on-one for a moment.
0: I'll, ba- I'll back out of this. Yeah, back out. <laughs>
2: just, 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 just.
0: Hey, I'll turn just my nice. mic off.
2: Yeah, please do. Uh, young Filmmakers, I interview filmmakers every single week. Uh, I talk to a lot of them, and most of them are working in these low-budget, no-budget fields. Over and over and over again, they say, you should, if you, you don't go to film school, just go out and make a movie because the means are in your hands. But they also say start with short films, polish your abilities, and don't, you know, don't be afraid about how it's going to be distributed or whose eyes it's going to be in front of because you're doing your film school by making it. Don't make your movie – more than it has to be. No one wants to watch 90 minutes of something boring and padded and shitty, but anyone will watch 15 minutes of something that is interesting or has even a few interesting moments. And I know that you don't really think of a movie as being a movie unless it actually reaches that 90 minutes mark, which most of these movies don't anyway. But I would... I'll, I'll sit down and watch a short film, and other people will watch them too, especially in this kind of field where it's very kind of specific. Uh, the audience that you're trying to reach in the genre films, people will seek this stuff out. And oh, even without if a doubt. If, who's that? Oh, well, no. Anyway. <laughs> but even if you're just using it as a demo reel thing, if you want to toss it on YouTube so people can see how your work looks like, just do that because
0: – Well, I was – yeah, I was actually going to say this. I mean this, this is the YouTube generation. Throw that shit on YouTube. Our attention spans are fucked,
2: so we only right. want to watch things that are twenty-two minutes long.
0: Mm-hmm. And, so, 20, but, and, and frankly, twenty-two minutes is a little long. I want to watch things that are thirteen minutes long.
2: This movie could have been a perfectly reasonable thirteen-minute movie.
0: Actually, to be honest with you, I I thought like as I was watching the movie, like I almost kind of wanted to do uh like an like a re-edit of my own, you know, and uh and and, and cut it down to like to like a good like a, a relatively decent thirty-minute film. Yeah, this movie would have been perfect at about twenty five thirty minutes.
2: Yeah, yeah, certainly not seventy two minutes. No, no,
0: no, because like, like we've been saying through the whole movie, it's not necessarily a bad movie. What the problems where where, the, where this movie lie in, is, is in the ridiculous amount of of padding that's on it, you know, and the fact that, that it's so. Like slow and like it has to like take it like it's like you're, you're drudging through this film. You know, meanwhile, it could have been a very crisp, you know, and a very like sharply made 30 minute movie.
2: There is a postscript, by the way. This isn't the very end of the movie. We yeah, we haven't,
0: got, we haven't gotten to the best part yet.
2: Yeah, we go to another flashback to October 1997, uh, which shows Bobby at the crime scene. I was a little bit confused about what was going on here.
0: Yeah, because nobody's telling this part of the story. It's just, <laughs> right. This is just happening. Now we're in a time machine.
2: So Bobby's at the crime scene where everyone ended up uh, dying, and he starts stealing videotapes for some reason. I don't know why.
0: Well, we find out soon enough.
2: We do find out soon enough, and we, it shows him watching the videotapes, and we discover that they're videotapes of the Doc's experiments on, uh, on Trey. And, but there's a big stinger. There's uh-huh. something really scary at the end. Someone calls him, and he answers the phone. This is Bobby. Now, Bobby answers the phone. In the background, you can see the next tape that he's put in. And who's on that tape? Bobby. Dun, dun,
0: <laughs> Did you just motorboat your microphone?
2: I did. I motorboated it. In fact, I'm going to stay there for the rest of the night.
0: <laughs>
2: so Bobby, uh, obviously, has been set up for the sequel, uh, Human Behavior 2, coming soon to a theater near you. Um, that Bobby might actually be one of these trained maniacs, which since we, by the way, earlier mentioned that we didn't know his relationship with doc, but he always seemed to be with him. And doc was always, uh, Always justifying his ridiculous behavior, and he had him in his backyard cutting wood for some reason. Who knew that this was going to be the end? No, yeah. Certainly not me.
0: C- certainly not anybody with half a fucking brain.
2: Human behavior is a very predictable movie.
0: It is, but you know, you were talking about the scene with Bobby and the axe in the backyard, and, it kind of, and there was one particular part that kind of cracked me up. But I just want to mention this real quick: mm-hmm. uh, is that is that Trey turns his back on him? Yeah. What cop would turn his back on a suspect? With an axe.
2: And and just just to put kind of a fine point on it, he takes the axe and just jams it into the piece of wood.
0: (laughs) I.e., that could have been his head.
2: Right. Well, uh, that, the cop that would allow something to do some, something like that to happen would be the same cop who's been who's part also of a, a
0: maniac. Yeah, who's a it.
2: maniac has been part of this weird psychological psychological. <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ! He's like a
2: hillbilly <laughs>
1: Ooh, that, it's psychological, psychological.
2: Um, experiment for the past however many years twenty years or whatever. <laughs> and and I mean, what kind of police force is
0: this? Where are they hiring these people? Two, yeah, they hired two <laughs> two of these crazed mental patients.
2: Yeah, and and uh, and they also don't have a fingerprint database that that one person <laughs> that, is, press. That, is, that you got a backup. <laughs> Someone comes in and just presses a delete button, and it removes everything off of the system.
0: You know, there's no there's no cloud server, there's no you know servers at all. Apparently,
2: I wish I had worked in IT in the police force. That
0: would be much better. <laughs> I guess back in '97, you know, I mean, I oh. guess it makes sense that there wouldn't be any kind of cloud thing, but but still, I mean, come on.
2: Yes, come on. That, even that even is... in
0: '97, they had the they had the technology to back shit up, <laughs> or just have two
2: copies. Just put them on two floppy disks. Who yeah. gives a shit? Anyway, this movie, Human Behavior, is very competently made. In that there's, uh, it has consistently very watchable video quality. Things are yeah. not out of focus. There isn't any fancy camera moves, but everything is in frame. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I actually, I thought the soundtrack was pretty good. I mean, was it, well it's, done, yeah. Yeah, it's not noticeable very often, but that's probably a good thing. Uh, it, but there's a yeah, even things.
0: even like yeah, even cutting back and forth between indoor shots and outdoor shots. I mean, you get a little bit of that, you know, sort of sound you get on outdoor shots, but uh-huh. not to the extent of like. You know, uh, of like some of the other movies that we've seen that 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 have it, where it's so noticeable. So,
2: uh, the one I always think of is *Summer of the Massacre. Yeah, so, yeah, edit, exactly. Whenever, anytime they edit, the sound quality noticeably changes. Uh, also, here there is there are a couple of of moments where uh, the boom mic floats into the shot. Uh, oh, but I'll, I'll give them, I'll give them credit just because they had a boom mic in the first place.
0: Yeah, well, that's probably why they're <laughs> that's probably why their their audio wasn't half bad.
2: Yeah, well, hey, good for them. They had decent uh, technical skill enough yeah. to, to make a movie. And in Boom. fact, if they had a better script, they already had the tools together because there's also a number of different locations in this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, they, though we made a little bit of a joke about the fact that the police office <laughs> looked like an office, they had office space available to them. They had things that looked like these locations, even if the officers themselves didn't look much like
0: police. Exactly. If I, if I was, was going to film a police office You know, for a for a film, I'm gonna call it that from now on. Uh, uh, A police, you know, if I was gonna uh, film anything like that, I would do it in my bedroom. I mean, like, I don't have any any kind of knowledge of any space where I'd be able to film something like that.
2: <laughs> it's, like, it's like let's check the fingerprints. Ah well, don't just ignore the bed over there. Just ignore this a, plate on the wall.
0: Is that a, <laughs> is that a drum set? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's for Officer Beatbox, you know.
2: Officer Beatbox. I love that guy. Uh so this uh
0: <laughs> You have the right to remain silent
2: the directors of this film have actually gone on to make more films and, and I'm, I'm interested I always do love to see the progression of filmmakers and there's nothing in this movie that would make me think that their next movie would be worse, in fact I could see how it would be a little bit better and of course I have seen their next movie which is Upper rent and it really is a little bit better but not much. Um, but After again, they're that, making a progression. Right, their last, uh, their most recent movie is actually in post-production right now, it's called Revenant, the movie before that was called The Mutilation Man and Ooh. some of the actors in this film were actually up here in those two films as well. Um, so, you know, they've continued to, to make movies, which is great. Um, and they've actually, if you look on their IMDb profiles, they do a lot of uh, production manager work and, and stage manager work. So they're certainly working in the entertainment field and, and, and good on them. So, you, you know, Live they're in polishing the their skills. We're, what we're looking at here is a student film that just happens to have been released to the public.
0: Well I mean and even on that I mean yeah it's a student film but this is also one of the you know one one of one of the most professionally made looking student films I've ever seen.
2: Yeah so you know? so we're really we're we're being really nice. Now let's not forget that this movie is really boring. It is. It's so fucking boring and it just repeats the same information over
0: Well like and like again. like we said this is technically a good movie. It is. Yeah actually a bad movie.
2: Yeah, and the black and white photography though it looks nice, it actually just serves to make everything look more flat and
0: monotone, yeah.
2: Yeah, and it makes and because there's no they don't make any use of shadows, I mean it's not really a film noir or anything like that. No. It, it all it is is just, you know, the color's been drained from it, so it makes it even less visually interesting than it would be already. Mhm. Uh, this movie deserves to, uh, compared to some of the movies we've seen, to have a release, and so people can see it, because it is a movie, and it feels like it when you're watching it. Uh, you know, a shot on video one, but, but a movie all the same. But it's not good, and it's not worth seeking out. It's very much kind of smack dab in the middle of the kind of movies that we see here. Mm.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's not as bad as, say, you know, Summer of the Massacre or, or Hip Hop Locos, really. Um, what?
1: Hip Hop Locos? No, I don't think so.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I know you're not familiar with either of those titles, but and and it's not as good, you know. And, and of course, we use the term "good" very loosely, but it's not as good, or at the very least, as fun as something like Las Vegas Bloodbath or Doc. Yeah, Which, of course, exactly. I mean, anytime anybody asks me, because that's a question I get asked a lot, you know, since since we started this show. I mean, we are. We're like 12 or 13 episodes in at this point. You know, what? Yeah, I don't know. You believe that shit? Who would have thought it would have lasted? But uh I retire. I, I, don't
2: know read, but shit, I need
0: to, do, I need to do co-host now. <laughs>
2: um, get their own song. Work on it, Ike.
0: <laughs> just leave, leave the name. Leave the name out. Just throw it in after the fact, you know. I'll, I'll find somebody with a really long, complicated name. Um, but, uh, but, but I mean, the fact that we've gone on this far and we, and we, you know, like the questions I'm always asked is, is, well, have you, I mean, like you're always talking about these bad movies that you, that you, you know, that, that you watch. Have you seen any good ones? Like, do you ever find any good ones? And I always say, yeah, of course. Like, you know, I, I recommend Las Vegas bloodbath to people all the time, you know, and, um, like, cause, uh, like John from, you know, well, from our episode 10 and, uh, and, and from the after movie diner. You know, he did, uh, an alternate, uh, uh, Oscars, uh, yes. episode. And I did a, a bit on there talking about, uh, my picks for like the best, worst, and craziest movies I've seen through the course of the year. And I mentioned, um, actually I mentioned a bunch of the ones we've, we've watched, but, you know, I mentioned Las Vegas Bloodbath is one of the best movies I've seen, uh, for the year. And, and, uh, Hip Hop Locos makes it for the worst movie I've seen all year.
2: The way that we pick movies is, let's face it, it's very random. So we're not – we are certainly not uh, generally uh, picking them based on reputation because uh, like even with this movie that we talked about today, um, there are almost no reviews out there. Uh, If you look on their IMDb page, there there is no external reviews listed. There's not even a fan review or anything on the page itself. Yeah, we tend to –
0: yeah, exactly. We tend to to pick them on – by, by title, a lot of the time. And
2: even then, I mean, this doesn't have a very interesting title. Uh, well, you it just also kind picked of got it, picked so. sort of randomly.
0: Well, you picked it, my friend.
2: I picked it. Hey, I'll, uh, hey, hey, Moe. Hey. <laughs> let, don't let me bring up someone else's pick.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, Rock, Paper, Scissors? Who picked that piece of shit?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Some fucking idiot, <laughs> Some
0: player. moron. Speaking of what we're going to watch next, we should pick it. We should find that out.
2: Mo, uh, I know that you. Uh, I
0: have the box set in front of me, so I'm actually. Oh, it doesn't
2: matter. I've already picked it up. Oh, what, what? What are we watching? Mo doesn't know this, everybody. Sweet! But I. In. In tribute. It
0: better not be Taint Light.
2: In. It's not Taint Light. Uh, in tribute to the birthday of Mr. Todd Sheets, I believe that it's time for us to watch Sorority Babes in the Danceathon of Dad. oh it, I've never seen it. I have. Well, is that something that you uh, think that we shouldn't watch? No. no. I, have another, I mean, I know you I, have... I know
0: you're against it on principle alone because it's a Todd Sheets movie, but um, but no, I'm down. I'm totally down. You're down? I am down. I am DTW.
2: I'm DTF. <laughs> and we are going to watch Sorority Babes in the Danceathon of Death, which uh, for those of you who uh, who don't know is a uh, official sequel, I believe. Is that right? Yeah,
0: to the Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Ballorama.
2: Yeah, yeah. So and that's that's a fairly well-known movie. I might actually end up uh rewatching that. Yeah,
0: I I'm definitely going to rewatch the uh rewatch the first one, but we'll probably I mean, we might touch on it, but we really we'll, we'll stick to the second one because cuz they're they're both pretty well self-contained. You don't really need to to know well, it. I don't
2: know that. Don't don't oh. spoil it for
0: me. Oh, sorry. Hmm.
2: Yeah, that's right. Sorry. But uh sorry. but
0: I mean, yeah, these yeah, these are these are sort of like the the middling of uh of Todd Sheets films, you know. But uh but <laughs> middling? Middling, Uh-oh. you know. Mid- yeah. You know. <laughs> But but they're both but they're but but I I would say you would probably enjoy this more than you enjoyed Nightmare Asylum.
2: Well, considering that I would rather hear the dying breath of my only child <laughs> more than ever watch that movie, then uh, that is not saying very much at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's there's a little bit of housekeeping that we should do before we clue up here, at Mo. Uh, if people want to follow us, uh, how would they go about doing
0: that? Well, there are several ways. Mm-hmm. Doug, first off, you can uh, you can email us.
2: Oh, really? What's that email address? I know email? you
0: love making fun of me for this email, <laughs> but let's 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 bring on the torture some more. It's, it's no budget nightmares, DG as in daily grindhouse at gmail.com. Let me say that one more time. No budget nightmares, DG at gmail.com.
2: So it's no budget nightmares, all one word. Mm-hmm. DG as in Daily Grindhouse, at gmail.com. That
0: is correct. sir. And nobody has
2: ever emailed us there, right?
0: Nobody has ever no. emailed us.
2: So anyone who is listening to this, I don't even know if that email address actually works. It works. Please email us. It works on it.
0: because I've gotten test emails from Google.
2: Oh well, that's very impressive.
0: <laughs> loyal, loyal listeners. Somebody, somebody, email us. You know, let's let's test yeah. this shit out. Why not?
2: But uh, a much more direct way of contacting us would be on Twitter, which we're we're both very active on. Or
0: yeah, I mean yeah, we could do it on Twitter. I'm at Drunk on VHS. I'm at underscore. sort <laughs> yeah, you fucked it uh, up this time.
2: I'm at Doug, D-O-U-G, underscore Tilly with an E. Um, that's T-I-L-L-E-Y, like the hat if you're in Canada. Um, and, uh, you can also, and this is really exciting to me because our, our Facebook page is getting a lot of more traffic because yeah. I'm nothing if not a shameless self-promoter. Uh, how would they f- find us on, uh, Facebook?
0: Well, on Facebook, we now officially, normally we'd say, oh, well, search us at No Budget Nightmares, but now I can, Tell them, uh, you know, I could say, "Hey, people, come find come find us on Facebook. We are at facebook dot com slash no budget nightmares."
2: Yeah, but because you'll get confused about whether it's all one word, just do a search for no budget nightmares, and you'll find us. It's all one word. We do a lot of updates on it. We, uh, I talk about the articles uh, upcoming on the No Budget Nightmares uh, articles over at dailygrindhouse.com. Remember that I am I'm going to start feedback. posting
0: more pictures of myself on there with with face, facial reactions to shit I'm watching during the you know, like during the movies that we watch.
2: That might turn some people off. But I'm, I'm hoping so. <laughs> I do put a lot of uh, trailers for the movies that we're covering and uh, and some thoughts as we're actually covering them. Uh, and I think that there's a, a lot of entertainment value there. I also put links to the interviews I do with the filmmakers on the alternate weeks when we're not recording. Upcoming is a, uh, the uh, interview with the filmmakers responsible for *Monstered* and Retard Dead, the, uh, the zombie movie which focuses on special ed students, and I really think that you'll want to check that out. Uh, we'll be linking to that when it comes up, uh, which should be uh, pretty soon after the release of this podcast.
0: Booyah. Booyah. There's a lot of ways to contact us, Mo. There is ter- well, you know, you got to be out there so that people can get in contact with you.
2: See any other movies lately Mo that uh, were not related to really bad no budget efforts
0: no. I have been watching like like for me this has really become like the year of documentaries like i've been uh-huh. watching i've been watching so many documentaries it 's insane um so let me let me take a look let me take a look at my uh, at my Letterboxd. letterboxed account. <laughs> Mr. Fancy Pants here. Um, where is it? Here we go. So, let's see. Within the last couple of you know days or so, I've watched uh I watched that uh, Nerdcore Rising about the uh, about of MC, about MC I watched that as well. Yeah, it's a great great film. Uh, I watched this uh, relatively interesting. I I can't remember if I think it's I want to say Scottish, uh, but it's called His and Hers. It basically they take they take seventy women and and through the course of of these seventy women tell one story of like boy meets girl to marriage and and eventually death and and you know the like a, a life story essentially uh let's see what else did I see i watched how 's your news okay um which which is my second viewing i I enjoyed it so I watched it again uh speaking of the mentally challenged um let 's see. Oh I did I watched I watched a movie you know like as, as some people know that I know uh, Jeff posts my my videos uh the you know, from Daily Grindhouse, uh, whenever I do the vid- VHS box art videos. Uh, so so I watched the movie for, for the next video I plan on doing. It's this movie called The Minds of Kilimanjaro. Okay. And uh, obviously I don't want to give away the box art, but, I mean, obviously you can look that shit up and see it yourself. But, you know, but it's got an amazing box. Like, the box is so awesome. So that's going to be my next one. And But the movie itself is ridiculous. You know, like, it's set in the 30s. There's, a, I mean, a lot of... Like I mean, it was filmed in the 80s, but it's it set in the 30s, and there's so much like weird racist shit in it, <laughs> you know, like big fat white guys playing Asian dudes, and right. you know, and like tribal Africans and 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 shit like that. But it's it's pretty it's pretty wild. It and, sounds
2: pretty darn wild. Yeah,
0: and and uh, lastly, I'll mention this um, this kind of fun sort of like early 80s uh, romp called Off the Wall, starring Paul Sorvino as a um, <laughs> as a uh, uh a southern prison warden. You know, Now, well,
2: I, I ha I have always wanted to see Paul Servino romp.
0: Well, you know, I mean, well, he 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 plays sort of like the, the, the antagonist of the film, and then there's like basically these two guys who are hitchhiking and they get wrongfully accused or something. It's kind of my cousin Vinny-ish, you know.
2: It sound, it sounds a little my cousin Vinny-ish.
0: Yeah, and uh and Patr- and uh, Rosanna Arquette is in it looking hotter than ever. And uh, I totally recommend it. I think any, I think everybody should watch it.
2: Very cool. Uh, recently, I have been writing – you know, I don't have a lot of time because I have a very loud wife.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love that's your reason. I don't have a lot of time because I have a loud wife.
2: <laughs> Luckily, she's currently uh, – Ankle deep in Skyrim, so she's gonna be, uh, focused on that for the next little while. That's why you haven't heard her in the background. <laughs>
0: she's, she's arrow in the knee deep in Skyrim. That's, that's
2: exactly right. Uh, I did recently watch, uh, the Bruce Lye starring Fist of Fury 2. Nice. The, uh, the unofficial sequel to Bruce Lee's Fist of Fury, Mm -hmm. and the article for Enter the Fist should be coming up right about the time, well, certainly actually before this drops, so if you want to go over to Daily Grindhouse, you can read that right now. And the next film being covered for Enter the Fist is Encounters of the Spooky Kind. Oh, I love that. Uh Yeah, it's a great movie, and I can't wait to rewatch it and uh, and write about it. But as I mentioned, I watched Retard Dead, uh, and I love that movie. uh, That has, uh, for those who haven't seen it, you may have heard of it already. Very, very funny, uh, low-budget movie. Uh, has appearances, uh, actually a voiceover appearance by Herschel Gordon-Lewis. Uh, David Friedman is in it briefly. Jello Biafra is in it for a moment, so Weird. that's fucking cool. Uh, so, yeah, ch- check that out. Check out the review when it drops, and, uh, and we'll link that on the uh, No Budget Nightmares Facebook page. Awesome. I think that's all. I think we killed human behavior. Uh, it's, it's just not worth your time. It's It's not. It's, it's it, I, I like what they were trying to do because it's it's not mu- it's not very similar to the other genre movies we tend to watch. It's not strictly a horror movie. It's really is more of a whodunit, yeah, sort of a psychological twist to
0: it. Yeah, with like a weird like police procedural sort of thing going on. Uh, now you know what I would like to see. I would like to see that director with some more like interesting material to work with and see what he could pull off. Because I I mean, cause you see the talent there. You see that there's that there's uh, you know. That there's potential f- for growth, and and as you've to have, have said, that there has been some growth between that this movie and his and his next couple of films well, after uh, that. Uh, so,
2: the isn't very good, but no, I mean, but, it, but it's, since then certainly,
0: yeah. You know, so I, I I mean, so this is one of those situations where it's like I'll I might actually keep my eye open, you know, and, and see what else comes about from this guy and see if it, if his stuff gets better.
2: We're we're real suckers, aren't we, Mo? Because oh, totally, throws us off.
0: We are total suckers. But because
2: we could watch the worst thing in the world, but there's a part of us in the back of our head which is like, well, I want to see what they did next because it couldn't be worse. Couldn't
0: it? <laughs> well, you always got to make mental notes of these of these directors when they, when they put out. You know, especially the ones who put out the really bad movies. You know, I, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't call human behavior in, in, within in that realm at all. But it's, uh, it's
2: certainly, it's certainly in the realm of the movies covered on this podcast. It, it yeah. doesn't rank in the bottom five. No, or ten. no, 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 and not this at is all. It's only our twelfth or thirteenth show. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so it's, I mean, it's got. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's kind of good if it doesn't rank in the bottom ten. That's true. <laughs> it, means, it, it means it's, it's at least it's, number three, <laughs> but, but, but <laughs> which I don't agree at all. I don't agree with at all. I think it's probably like you know five or six as far as the stuff that we've watched so far. I, I,
2: that's probably the case. Though, yeah. if you want to watch the movies that are under this one, believe me, you will not be having a good time. That's nah. another thing. Some people have come to us on Twitter yeah. and social networks saying that they, they want to have like a marathon of the films that we talk about here. Don't do that. Don't nah. do that to yourself. I couldn't watch more than one of these in one sitting. It would destroy me. And I like bad movies. I, I just, could.
0: I could I could watch really? I, I, I would I would wanna I would want to off myself on the third one, but only if the first two were were Las Vegas Bloodbath and um and uh, Doc. You know I
2: would rather kill Everybody. At my workplace. (laughs) Didn't
0: I make that joke earlier today? (laughs) I don't know. This movie makes me want to kill everyone.
2: I would rather destroy this city that I live in uh, and everyone in it than watch a double feature of Hip Hop Logos in the Summer of the Massacre. I would just not be able to take that, especially by myself. I wouldn't watch it by myself. Maybe if I had other people and they were like, oh, let's see what this is all about. Yeah, maybe then, but not by myself. I just can't
0: do be. I'd have to be – in order to sit through Hip Hop Logos again, I'd have to be really high with a large group of friends. Mm. And when I say high, I don't necessarily mean, like, pot or drugs or anything like that. Mean I mean on life. High, high on life. High on, you know, alcohol, whatever, you know. But, like, I would have to have some kind of buzz going. I couldn't – I wouldn't be able to sit through it uh, straight like I did the last time. Because I'd have like to, to stop every like five to, seconds. I'd, I don't like to
2: sit through anything straight if I can help it.
0: <sighs> well, yeah.
2: Speaking of me having weird, confused, homosexual feelings for Michael Fassbender <laughs> – Let's talk. It's not. It's not. They're not weird because uh, because homosexuality is weird. It's only weird because for me, who is normally the the paragon of heterosexuality, uh, uh, it's it that I don't you know about, about that. that that he crosses my wires so completely um, mm-hmm. that it makes me think about HJs and BJs. Um, that uh, with, from yes, from Michael Fassbender. Anyway, did you see the Prometheus trailer? I oh, did. Man.
0: Jesus Christ.
2: Jesus Christ! No, I'm, I'm, I'm,
0: it's kind of funny you would ask me that because normally I avoid trailers. Like, like uh-huh. you know, I'm I'm not a trailer guy at all. I hate trailers, but um, but I, you know, I said to myself, you know what? I people have been talking about this movie since I was like seven. You know, like I think I think I really need to, <laughs> you know, to, to check this out and see what they're doing with it, and it looks. Mind-blowing.
2: Now, I, I try not to get too caught up in the trailers like myself, no, no. But and, and I also I, I worry that I'm setting myself up for disappointment because Ridley Scott is a director who has been known to disappoint me in the oh, past. Oh, yeah.
0: Absolutely. He, uh, he, he, but, can be very, he can be very hit or miss.
2: Yeah, he's very hit or miss. But that trailer is so fucking good. It looks amazing. And it was so good. The trailer was so good that after watching it, I suddenly realized uh, because unlike you I actually really love trailers uh, not for newer films but but old uh, classic are films. you talking
0: about like for like alien
2: I did look at the trailer for alien yeah. because I just wanted to rewatch it but then I went on the uh, a few years ago the IFC uh, on their website they did a list of the 50 best trailers of all time and I went on that and I started going through them all and they watched like the anatomy of a murder mm-hmm. trailer and big sleep and I and I enjoyed it so much the the artistry of some of these trailers yeah, yeah. that uh, that it 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 really did kind of it, it excited me in a way that could only be calmed down by Fasnander. doing a google image search for michael fassbender <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you just do it you do a Google image image search, you know, Michael plus fastbender plus tripod.
2: Yeah, I was worried I'm I'm concerned about the fact that, that pictures from Shame, which I still haven't seen, haven't arrived in the Google image search uh, hmm. and I'm I'm left with just shirtless photos which do nothing for me. <laughs> um, so uh, so yeah, no, I love you, Michael Fassbender. Why did I say that? That's weird. <laughs> I came out of nowhere. <laughs> He's a very handsome man. Uh, I have no problem at all expressing my... You know,
0: it's funny. Uh, I, I got to say, like, like, you know, for the, for the last, like, you'd say maybe year, two, maybe three, like, people have been talking a lot about Fastbender, you know? Uh, like, there's almost been, like, this, like, cult of of... Fastbender sort of popping up, and 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 you're definitely in it, you know. Uh, but, I'm um, in there,
2: man. I watched Hunger, and and that movie, he's so amazing. Yeah, I still haven't,
0: I still man. haven't watched Hunger yet. It's it's on my list. I'm gonna watch it. But 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 I was going what I was gonna say though is that I recently watched Fish Tank. Right, know? so did and, I. Uh, and, and 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 now I kind of get it a little bit more. Like I get because because just judging on his performance in Inglorious Bastards, you're like, okay, I get. It. He's a good actor. You know, right. he's, he's not bad. Although his accent is a little weird sometimes. But hey, what uh, are you? Ta-
2: he he. For one thing, he he's perfect. His accent. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, it's funny going back to watching three three, <laughs> watching Three Hundred again, mm. and uh, and and seeing him in that where he's playing very much a beefcake role mm. uh but if you follow that up with fish tank where he plays a semi reprehensible character in a few ways and yeah. he, I think you'd agree with that yeah, yeah. uh but he's so charismatic he is really
0: you know, but yeah you're right he's very charismatic in the role he's and he's really good he's really good in the role too
2: I, can't we just make this a fast bender podcast
0: <laughs> I know you you've pitched that idea to me a couple of times we want to call it, it again you know, and again we want, we wanted to call it bending for fast and we just said yeah you know, I don't know about that
2: I'd bend for fast any day.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow, the things got strange here at the end. very, very no homoerotic of towards target. the
0: end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: okay, we're cool with that. Whatever, yeah. uh, I'm I'm cool with that. I'm yeah. really really cool with that. <laughs> Call me Fassy. So human behavior. Yeah. That this—that's actually—that's—that's that's some human behavior right there. Yeah, this actually. is de- this
0: is definitely one of those movies that I'll that I'll that you know that I would never even contemplate the idea of watching again.
2: There's there's nothing to it. There's nothing it. to we- watch. We've
0: put it to bed. Good like, like, I would actually watch Redneck County Fever again before I watch this.
2: There's, there's enough of the curiosity in my brain regarding Redneck County Fever and about how much of it is real and yeah. imagined that I, pro- I probably would give it a shot again. That's it. The lighter tone of that movie would probably help a little bit more.
0: How um, hilarious would it be if, if just from us going on and on and on about Redneck County Fever, that, that, that like this weird, like sort of cottage industry of cult, you know, nonsense pops up? You know, just for Redneck County Fever, and like, and like, it does start doing like weird, like midnight movie showing. The,
2: the only problem with that is that there's almost no way to get it. That's yes, <laughs> true. true. It, it was released apparently on VHS. Uh, I was told that the VHS, the cover of it, it's it has all actors that aren't in the movie. Of course. Uh, <laughs> but it had a very limited VHS release that I've never heard of in any capacity. Yeah. The 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 one DVD version is on that box set, the Bloody Nightmares box mm-hmm. set. Uh, it, what's the what's the the because that's that's two that box set is in, composed of two fifty movies. It's on the Tomb, of one. To the Tomb of Terror one. The uh, Tomb of Terror one. So that's really the only place you can get it, and that is just a just a direct transfer from the VHS yeah. tape.
0: Yeah, a, a poorly made <laughs> transfer too. <laughs>
2: I, okay, I'll say this: yeah. if I do hear back from the director. I have reached out to him on Facebook. I'm still waiting to hear a response. If he gives me permission, then I will put his movie on YouTube and we'll see if anyone wants
0: to watch it. Sweet.
2: Why not? I've have already I have a digital copy for myself, so uh, so let's let's make it happen everybody. Let's get some enthusiasm going.
0: Yeah, let's get let's get this going. I you know, I I, yeah. I I and I personally have people locally who are, you know, who are who are getting in touch with me in the New Haven, Connecticut area. Um, about doing film screenings as well, you know, and if I can get in, you know, and if you want to maybe put in a word for me as well, you know, on, on that whole permission thing. Nope. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, you know, you know, I, I would, I would screen, uh, I would screen Red, uh, Redneck County Fever.
2: Yeah. Well, let's see if we can make it happen, folks.
0: You know, maybe we should do a commentary for it.
2: Maybe we should do a commentary for it, Mo, because we know so much about it now, the three interesting, quotation mark, facts that we know about it.
0: Boom. We can make that last 60 minutes.
2: I got a lot of bullshit to say.
0: I know. know.
2: That's why this podcast is, what are we up to, at least 90 minutes? We're
0: at 90 minutes now when we stop talking about the movie at like the 50-minute mark.
2: Well, that movie's boring, but what I have to say is interesting to all. (laughs) I'm much more
0: interesting than that movie was.
2: I think that maybe we should uh, put a close on this episode. Yeah. Yeah, let's put on some clothes, and we will close off this episode of No Budget Nightmares. I'll
0: put on my underwear, but take off my pants. I'd
2: like to see that happen. Let's, <laughs> all, let's, let's <laughs> toss on the webcam and see what's going yeah, on. Trust
0: me, you don't um, want to. You don't want to see that.
2: Mo will be putting up a picture of his no, uh, Star Trek Next Generation commemorative plate.
0: Yes, and, thank uh, you for reminding me.
2: Yeah, and we will see that on Facebook in the near future. And uh, until then, I'll see you at the races.
0: Is that going to be your your sign-off? That's sign-off. awful.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, please email us at the email address. I can't remember.
0: No um, budget nightmares, dg, at gmail.com. Terrible, Give us some good sign-offs, we'll, and we'll use them.
2: Yes. In fact, we are taking recommendations for sign-offs. Please send them over.
0: You cunts. I
2: love you, Michael Fassbett. <laughs> good night.
0: Oh, good night, folks. One, two, beach ball <laughs> Excessively flabby jowl syndrome. Of course you do. Do your earlobes keep you up at night? Whose doesn't? Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) right away. I'm taking it over. Why, look, everybody, it's Kermit the... No, no, don't say that. I'm not Kermit the Frog. Rhino testicles. Uh, I get that all the time. My name is Alan, and I'm actually more of a toad. Plus, we don't want to get sued. That's besides the point. I'm here to tell listeners they don't need whatever irrelevant pill or medical treatment you're about to sell them. All they need is the After Movie Diner podcast. What are you talking about? Every Monday, the AMD podcast brings you comedy, film discussion, and original music. There's also interviews with film directors, actors, and producers, and interesting guest hosts. Wow. My whole life has been a sham. I'm worth less than nothing. Oh, don't be silly, Mr. VoiceOver Man. It's simple. First, grow a beard. Then, second, read this. And you, too, can be amazing. Really? I always wanted to believe in magic. Why? Oh, no, no, no. We don't have time for a song. Certainly not one that's far too expensive. Just read your damn lines. <laughs> Friggin' amateurs. Well, well, we quite agree, Kurt? I mean, Alan, uh, so we got this guy instead. Go to amdpodcast.blockspot.com or search for After Movie Diner on iTunes, TalkShoe, Podbean, or Facebook, and get that dose of goodness that you've been looking for. For all your sleepless nights, long commutes, and lonely weekends, maybe spent dressed in a tutu playing checkers with a machine eating Nutella straight from the jar, it's the After Movie Diner podcast, filled with all the b-movie vitamins your body deserves this podcast
1: is a proud member of the second unit podcast network find all of our shows at 2upn.fluxpot.com or on facebook
0: under the second unit podcast network we've got Drunk on VHS Film reviews from the basement The Aftermovie diner, The con Couch Something Weird This Way Comes With Rue and Mo And The Dead End Drive The Second Unit Podcast Network Bringing you the action And leaving the boring stuff to the other guys
1: Shit, look out, it's all
0: DailyGrindHouse.com Tough films for the rough crowd
1: God damn it, did anyone fuck with my
0: computer? Follow us on Twitter, at Daily Grindhouse. Moe is at Grunk VHS. And Doug Tilly is at Doug underscore Tilly.